Welcome once again to another episode of the Random Access Podcast, brought to you by RAPodcast.net. This is episode 555-4839. Not quite. Sorry, it's it's the 555 in my head makes me think of every single fake phone number out there. Yeah. Uh, Recorded live on April 21st, 2018. Here are your hosts, the man who was quoting Monty Python before we started, Dave Blake. Hi, that would be me. And the man whose fault it was that Dave was quoting Monty Python before we started, Andy Lowe. Hi. I mean, to be honest, like, to be clear, let's let's just check. When's the last time you quoted Monty Python? Uh, yesterday. Okay. <coughs> so making it out to be a big deal is like you know, not entirely truthful and accurate. I was indeed quoting Monty Python right before, and I thought I'm pretty sure I did a damn good job of it, too. But Mm -hmm. it's one of those sections that people know, but no one quotes it correctly. (laughs) And uh, that is, I think, one of my pet peeves is, is people who quote it, but they quote it wrong. Well, that's it's it's not the only thing, you know. How many people misquote, frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn, or, you know. Uh, wait, that's, that's, um, um, Casablanca? Uh, Gone with the, uh, Gone with the Wind? Gone with the Wind, that, yeah, that. Play it again, Sam. Is, is the misquote from Casablanca. Yeah. 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 Do you feel lucky, punk, from Dirty Harry, which is not, you know, Luke, I am your father? No. I mean, it's, it's no, I am your father, right? Yeah. Is it no, or is it no, Luke? Uh, no, I am just your no. Okay, Obi Wan never told you what happened to your father. Told me enough. Told me you killed him. No, I am your father. Mm-hmm. Beam me up, Scotty. Never actually said in any Star Trek. In any episode, I do believe. Yeah, no. I mean, I guess Scotty wouldn't be working the teleporter, right? He's chief engineer. Yeah. In the voyage home, there's Scotty beam us up, but that's the closest I think they've ever gotten. The exact phrase was never actually spoken in any Star Trek television episode or film. Yeah, I did a, I did a study of people remembering misquoted stuff as part of yeah. my psychology papers. The Mandela effect. Yep. The collective misremembering. Mm-hmm. Not the alternate timeline history one. There's there's two Mandela effects. There's the like real phenomenon and there's the like stupid explanation of it. The Berenstein Bears is another one. Mm, oh, jeez. Don't even get me started on that one. I'd, I'd like to. No. What What about it, Andy? Not going there. Is it the Is it the Berenstein or the Berenstein Bears, Andy? Because it's actually neither. It's the Berenstein Bears. As you see, I'm not responding to that. I Yeah, I'm, I'm just waiting to see how long the silence can go, except that we cut out the silence at the end. <coughs> So, not going to get into that, huh? Nope. Why not? Oh, wow. Huh. Oh, one of our consoles that we have at work, which I thought was a piece of crap, somebody is selling for $350. And I'm like, well, shit, I could have sold ours for $350. That or people just have no idea what the actual price is for things. Or other people don't. Yeah. Right. doesn't need to be you. Could be someone else has no idea what their thing is worth, and they're just guessing. Probably. 
course, if someone else doesn't know what it's worth and they look at it, they're like, oh, it must be right. And then they pay that much. And all of a sudden it is that worth that much. Because somebody paid that much for it. Yeah. It's like when we sold one of our iPod classics. We bought it for 250 and sold it for 400 something because that's what somebody was willing to pay for it. So, okay. <sighs> so, how's life? Um, that's a tough question. For those who are just joining us, I don't actually talk to Dave <laughs> outside the podcast. Really much of... Very, very rarely. Yeah. We do. Rarely. Yeah. Uh, how is life? Avengers is coming out next week. Yes. Oh, I'm going to see it on Tuesday for lunch. Tuesday, like two days before it comes out? No, no. Sorry. Two days after... Or three days after. Five days after. Five. Does it come out on Friday? or is it Thursday no. night to Friday. Yeah, it comes out on the 27th. Yeah, but it, it really comes out that night, right? The Thursday night? Yeah, with the midnight showing at 10 p.m. Because what the frack? Uh, we we have a midnight showing. Not, it's not the one we're going to, but there's a midnight showing at our theater at 8 o'clock. What the frack? <laughs> That's it's midnight somewhere. <laughs> That's like having Black Friday stuff where they open up on Thursday or Wednesday and you're just like, Andy, you, Andy, yeah, are you really going to complain about this? Well, I'm just going to stay it, off the... Does it offend you that much? No. The no, extra doesn't. four hours? You, you were about to say, I'm just going to stay off the internet. Weren't you going to anyway? Yeah, pretty much. I actually... <laughs> so I have an assistant now, right? Yeah. He's going to go see it Friday night. Okay. Uh, I've told have, him have you that banned any him from spoilers the workplace? are a fireable offense. <laughs> and given your boss, you would have his support. <laughs> yeah, since I do believe he told me the same exact thing about Star Wars at some point. Yep. He's like, you know what? I don't want to hear about it. I'm going to go see it tonight. Don't say a thing. So, yeah, no, I'm going to go on Tuesday because it turns out at our theater... On Tuesday, I didn't know this at the time, but we went to go see Ready Player One on Tuesday. Mm -hmm. uh, we have uh, $3 hot dogs and $3 mozzarella sticks Ooh. at the movie theater on Tuesdays. It's part of our, you know, membership perk. And I didn't even know it existed until I, you know, I ordered a hot dog and they're like, that'll like be $3. Three and I'd be like, like, but the sign says it's like eight. <laughs> yeah. So then I'm like, you know what? It's only three dollars. Let me throw some mozzarella sticks on there and be like, OK, that's six dollars. And I'm just like, <laughs> OK, you know, I paid, more, <laughs> I paid more for the movie ticket than I did for the concessions. And that's crazy. Yeah. I mean, so you have to decide whether or not you want to support the theater because the concessions is where theaters make their money. Yes. But if they're giving me a membership perk to make sure that I come to the movie theaters, I'm going to take it. Okay. So you you saw Ready Player One? Yes. I saw Ready Player One. I saw it in uh, IMAX, too. 2D Ooh. IMAX. I saw it on 2D giant screen. Does that... I, I don't know. It's it, it was not IMAX, but it was a big screen. Ah. What did you think? Yeah, I discussed this with my boss, actually, because I was the one who got him to read the book. Yep. Which I told you about the whole circle, right? Maybe. Um, um You know, uh book club had me read the book or no it was some i think you got me to read the book or somebody got me to read the book i think it was book club yeah um so i read it and then you know my boss is driving all over the place 
So, you know, we're trying to get him into like audiobooks and that sort of stuff. And yeah. I'm like, dude, you have to get the audiobook. Plus, it's read by Will Wheaton. So, you know, he reads it, loves it, you know, passes it up the food chain at corporate. And so, you know, other people at corporate are reading this book and loving it. And then it gets sent to my market manager boss. And so, you know, I go into his office just to, you know, give him an update on something. And it's like, have you read Ready Player One? <laughs> and I start laughing and he's like, what? And I'm like, let me guess. Somebody at corporate said that you should read this book. And he's like, yeah, how'd you know? <laughs> I'm like, we have now officially gone full circle. It came back. Yep. So what did you think of the movie? I liked it. I, you know, it, it wasn't the book. Mm-hmm. Which, Movies rarely are. Yeah. Which is kind of funny when they, they talk about how the movie that's in the movie is The Shining, which, you know, I've read The Shining and I've seen the movie and, you know. They're very different. They're ve- Yeah, they're, they're, oh man, they're very different. So it's one of those things where it's <clears> like, you know, oh, that's the movie that they picked. That's kind of funny because that movie, yeah, is completely different than the book. But I liked it. You know, I liked how the... um there were more modern references into the thing there because you know that the references were not going to stay in the 80s. Like, you know, you think of any group and people are going to bring their own stuff along with them. So, you know, just having it as an 80s reference that, you know, mm-hmm. it's never, the things aren't going to stay in the 80s. Right. So that's why, you know, I saw like, okay, the Iron Giant and the Gundams and the all this, that, and, and the other thing. I'm like, well, you know. Gundams, Gundams are the 80s. Gundams are the, I didn't get them until the 90s. You're stupid, in the U.S. Stupid U.S. 10-year delay from Japan. In fact, uh, Gundams might even be... What did Gundam come out? Pokemon was 90s, though, right? Yeah. Okay. Early 90s. At least I caught that one on the front wave. There was a Pokemon in there? Uh, I don't think so. Okay. Oh, you, you meant the front wave of just, like... Catching it, you know, when it was... Yeah. Um, I mean, we, we still were like two, three years behind. But Gundam began uh, April 7th, 1979. Mobile Suit Gundam TV series premiered. Wow. So I that was a thing in the, in the movie. And I, I agree with you that, like, it makes sense that the player-created content would be more modern. Yeah. Right? A company like Blizzard would not hesitate to sell skins for their their um, their games. Yeah, no, not at all. So, like, the fact that Overwatch was front and center as a player creation, yeah, absolutely. I, yeah, it's I just like, you, you look at the actual player, cre- think of uh, Team Fortress, and you think of all the player-created mods that, you know, are now in that game, and you're just like, yeah, no, the players are like, well, you know. Yep. Now, the, the rub with that is... A fundamental difference. The idea in the book was that this this egg hunt was so pervasive. Right in the movie, it felt like it was just like it's a couple people and a giant company. Yeah, that's the. So in in the book, it was so pervasive to the culture of the Oasis that that's why everything was back into the eighties. Okay. Yes, I could I could see. Yeah, they needed to make it. Well, I think they were trying to point that out with the. Uh... With the copper key in the movie, but I think, I feel like they made it, you know, like, yeah, there should have been more, you could count there were other people in there that weren't IOI, but I feel like, yeah, there should have been more. Right. Like, a lot more. Yeah. 
So, but but in the book, it was this huge thing. And the other part is that the the egg hunt had been going on for so long in the book that that's why the eighties were so embedded into everything because everyone had done that research. Everyone was reliving the eighties in the hopes of gaining some edge or some clue. Yeah, now it's you know it's. <laughs> They they had, you know, the resistance in there, which seems kind of silly. Mm-hmm. And never, like, fleshed really out. flushed that one out. Yeah, it, it, it just kind of was like, yeah, there's a resistance to this corporation that doesn't really do anything. We have no weapons. We have no way to combat them. We have no safety or security precautions other than we blindfold people when we bring them to our secret base, but then send people directly in and out of our secret base. That that storyline just did, and the time compression. How long does the book take? If I remember correctly, the book takes like months. Right. It is it is implied months and perhaps even years. How long does the movie take? It feels like you know maybe a week or two. I'm pretty sure the movie takes place within four days. Oh yeah, because he doesn't he doesn't even move from Oklahoma. Columbus. He's already in Cleveland. Columbus. Or was it was it Columbus that he was? I'm pretty sure it's Columbus. Okay, he did move from Oklahoma though in the beginning, right? In the book, yeah. Uh, he didn't start in Columbus, but he no, did no. start somewhere else. I don't know if it was Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. Wade escaped Oklahoma City and moves to Columbus, Ohio. Oh, okay. point. Oklahoma. Wait, no. Oh, point. Yeah, sure, fine. Point for Oklahoma. How about for? Cleveland. Okay, so <laughs> half point. There you go. Yeah, in in the movie it's it's like 3 days. Not exactly enough time for a romance to sprout. No. So, those those were the hang-ups I had at the movie. Beyond that, it was good. It was a yeah, good no, story. I, I enjoyed my, my it. My boss who, you know, loved the book, the first time he saw it, he was like this isn't the book, but then he went back to go see it again. Yeah. And, you know, as long as you, you know, kind of threw the book out a little bit, it was an enjoyable. Yeah. I went in there thinking, you know, reading the reviews. The the thing is, they they tried to borrow too much from the book. They they tried to make it the book. And that's the thing. Like, that's what was annoying to me was like, stop trying to make it the book. Yeah. If you're going to deviate from the book like that, don't make a, a screenplay based on make it a screenplay inspired by. Did I show you the two articles that were both on my newsfeed the day after it came out? No. They were right next to each other. One said, Ready Player One is Spielberg's greatest mistake in the last two decades. Okay. The other said, Spielberg does it again, another smash hit. (laughs) And looking at them back to back, I'm like, which one do I believe? So we went and saw it. I liked it. I don't know if I'll go and see it again, but I liked it. Uh, we might, cause Kate hasn't seen it. And I think it's a, uh, you know, I think it's far enough from the book that she might be okay with it. So I know some people who didn't like the book and I, they, they like the movie Yeah, because it's not the book. So anyway, other than that, life is good. Well, including that life is good. Oh shoot. Huh? Pinball at the zoo was this weekend. Oh, oh, that's what I could have done on Friday. What is pinball? Why weren't you at work on Friday? No, I was at work on Friday, but oh my God. Oh, what is pinball at the zoo? Pinball at the zoo is the the pinball expo at 
in Kalamazoo here. So they have a whole bunch of pinball machines set up. And, you know, they have other, like, you know, pinball stuff around. And pinballatthezoo.com is the website. Shoot, I forgot it was this weekend. Oh, well. Um, but yeah, no, this, this week at work, all I was doing was, you know, setting up one of our studios to get the new board in there. And all I did was just remove old wiring. And, uh, I had one of the, (laughs) one of the managers come in there and just take a look at it. And he's like, so what'd you do? You know, and I showed him the massive pile of wires that I had removed. And I'm like, that's what I did. And he's like, I can't even tell. (laughs) Like, thanks. It took me, you know, like 16 hours. (laughs) It's like, oh, did, did, did something happen? Are you? Yeah. What do I know, pay you I, for? I removed all the stuff that we don't use anymore that was still in place that, you know, so I can actually, you know, figure out what wires actually go to the phone system. Yeah. Yep. You no, know, rather than the, the, eights, the answer you know, for wires. Like, the answer for, oh, I can't even tell is that's the point. You're not supposed to be able to tell about the work I'm doing when everything's working. Yes. What you tell is when things break that I can fix them quickly and easily. Yeah, jeez. Oh, my gosh. Just so much stuff on that board. I also love it when I find a mistake of when that board was installed over, uh, was it 27 years ago? (laughs) Yeah, I think it was 27 years ago, something like that. That board was installed in that building, and they miswired something on that board, and nobody noticed (laughs) until I went to go tear it out. And then I'm like, well, wait a second. That's in the wrong spot. I mean, it couldn't have been too bad. Yeah, I know. It was... Some of those things where it's like, okay, you know, they've got 12 spots on the board and they've only used like six. And you're like, oh, okay, so all these other stuff here, you know, has been wired up but never been used, which is good because they wired it up incorrectly. Yep. Uh, I'm going to take all this wiring, I'm going to replace it with two Ethernet cables. Okay, then. Because everything is going digital. It's going to be crazy. Just crazy. <laughs> Should have taken like a before and after picture. I had a giant pile of all the wires that I removed, but that's about yeah. It. But evidently, he couldn't tell. Yeah, that's sad. I'm sorry, Andy. That's okay. I could tell. I could look in there and go, "Yeah, half the stuff is missing now." Stuff that's not needed anymore. Yep. Woo. Um, we should probably like start moving into actual topics. I suppose. Oh, hold on. I actually closed down Chrome because I wasn't using it. Did close down Chrome. Yes. The thing we use for the podcast. Yes. Because we weren't actually doing... Okay. So, stop me if you've heard this before, but Google is trying to use a new Messenger app. <sighs> that was an exasperated sigh. I don't I, know if that came across just the ridiculous. audio. Yeah, hey, you know what? We're going to be abandoning our recent Messenger app for our new Messenger app. And you're just like, would you... There are now five competing standards. <laughs> God damn, I love XKCD. Uh, Google gives up on Allo. Yep. They're not giving up. They're pausing. But granted, this pause, which I have air quotes around, involves transferring almost the entire team off the project and putting all of its resources into another app, Android Messages. I feel like we, we could... We really just need a unified messaging system. Hangouts! But Google abandoned Hangouts, like, years ago. I know, and then they removed it from Gmail. Or no, they installed it. They removed Google Chat from Gmail and installed Hangouts instead, which... Which, why were there two different things? I don't know. 
This is like the summer intern project. I, I think that's what it is. This is someone is an intern at Google, and they're like, you, you can try and improve our chat features. And they're like, oh, man, I'm going to do something great and amazing. I'm going to start from scratch and get rid of everything and make a good one. Well, this one is not actually a Google service. It's a carrier-based service. Oh, God. So there's going to be, what, like eight versions of it? Well, my guess is, you know, if you, you know, it's kind of like the Google version of iMessage. Isn't that what Hangouts is? I just, I I don't get it. Instead of uh, sending SMS messages, text messages back and forth, it's going to use your data plan unless the person doesn't have chat installed then it will just be sent like a normal SMS. What's wrong with Hangouts? I don't know what's... I like Hangouts. It was nice, you know, when Hangouts had SMS integration for non-Google voice numbers. Yeah. That was great. I literally had everything going into one spot on my phone. Whether it was a Hangouts, whether it was, you know, a voice chat, whether it was this, that, the other thing, it was all Hangouts. It was one thing, one place I (laughs) could look. Yep. And then they broke that, and it's just like, son of a bitch. Now Especially because once you're in entrenched in one, it's really hard to move to a different one. God damn Google. Yeah, now Hangouts is becoming an enterprise app to compete with Slack. Because that'll work really well. Yeah. That's, that's going to be great. Because I really use the, the, the group chat version on Hangouts all the time at Maybe, work. Oh, at work? Yeah, no. No. No, we, we don't use it at work. No. Actually, what we've used at work now is Skype for business. <laughs> and by we, I mean other people because I don't I don't have Skype for business on my computer because I, I guess I'm not like it's a it's a pilot program for now, I think. And so they have not added it to my role. So you've, you're still playing Hearthstone, right? Yes. Still enjoying I was it? Playing Hearthstone earlier today. Nice. Trying out my priest deck because I pulled one of the legendaries. Ooh. So I got the rest of the deck around the legendary? Well, some of these new legendaries are pretty uh, deck <laughs> centric. Okay. Where the cards say, if you don't have any evened cards in your deck, we will increase the power of your hero power. So, yeah, you kind of have to build your deck <laughs> around the legendary. Okay. But I got smoked by a druid, which was super annoying because he has a card there that's also a legendary that uh, will spawn all of the taunt minions that have previously died in the game. Yeah. So, you know, it's the one guy on here and you're like, well, shit, I can't kill him because if I kill him, literally seven taunts will just appear. And no silence or... Mind nope, because he, uh, or... he threw a Q block on it. Okay. There's a character that will destroy the minion on its own and uh, store two of them inside it. So when that one dies, two will spawn. So he killed it on his own, spawned a whole bunch of taunts, <clears throat> and then it's like, well, great. Now I got to, you know, silence that guy and silence the six taunts that I have sitting up in front of him. This is just freaking yeah. rage quit. <laughs> okay, then. Uh, I brought it up, not, not just to get you into the, like, rage quit mode. 
Uh, but Ben Brode, do you know who Ben Brode is? Yeah, he's the director of Hearthstone. He's been there since, I think, he, the beginning. He basically made Hearthstone. Yeah. He's quitting. Okay. He is leaving Blizzard. Okay. Uh, mostly, it, it looks like it's a pretty amicable leaving. It's not that, like, someone was pissed at someone else. It's just, like, he wants to go do other stuff. <laughs> Sorry, uh, his article linked to the uh, Shutterwalk card, which also kind of breaks the game. Mm-hmm. Oh, jeez. Yeah, <laughs> Brode tried to put a stop to the man that's telling his colleagues, guys, whatever card you made that enables this, you just change it right now. No can do, they told him. All the cards are going into the Witchwood. I was like, no, what have we done? <laughs> yeah, no, I've I've seen that card in play. And that's just, that's, oh, there's so many things that are just broken with the new expansion. Still needs to be balanced? Yes. Oh my God, so needs to be balanced. Does the Dungeon Crawl still use the new cards? Um, no, I don't think so, but there's going to be a new dungeon crawl showing up, uh, next week, I think, or on the 20, I think on the 29th is the new dungeon crawl, which is this forest hunt sort of thing. Is it going to reset the status of your dungeon crawls? Well, no, because it's different. So it's a totally different dungeon crawl. Yes. So I, I managed to complete two out of nine. So now I need to complete another like uh, 17 or 16 out of that's only gonna be four yeah it's only gonna be four oh, okay that's that's not as bad no because they're only they're complete specific, 11 out of 13 uh, they're, yeah they're specific uh heroes that you get with special hero powers oh but it's, it's the same idea where you're going to be building your deck as you progress i think okay so. I really like the dungeon run mechanic. I, oh, yeah, think- no, it's it's fun. I, I, you know, I've gotten all nine and I'm still, you know, because I still haven't gotten the trap room. You know, I still haven't gotten the treasure room. I just uh, really I feel like I have to get some of these rooms just to actually fully experience. I've I've played through both several times. And, you know, as I, I've literally <laughs> beaten it nine <laughs> times, still have not gotten those. Oh, I know. I'm, I'm sad. The, the trap room is a pain in the ass. I know, but I feel like I have to try it at least once. Okay. Do you really want to lose? <laughs> there was one time where I I forgot about something and I accidentally, yeah, I died after the second or third uh, uh, dungeon guy. And I'm just like, oh, oops. <laughs> forgot about that. I've I've definitely died in level two. I don't know that I've ever died in level one, but I've definitely died in level two. It's it's uh, I died in level one because I ran out of cards because <laughs> you only start with like what, like six. Yeah. You couldn't kill it in time. Yeah. And I was like, oops. So, uh, yeah, that was that was not pleasant. So he's leaving them thing after, you know, everything is in pure chaos right now. But I wish him luck because he was a fun guy. His videos were actually, you know, you could tell that he was actually paying attention to what people were saying on the forums and on Reddit and everything. That's good. So, uh, what do we got about the FCC? Um, so <laughs> Ajit Pai, asshole. Sorry. Yeah. Um, created a panel called the the uh, the broadband. Um, what was it called? The panel. I think it was the. Broadband Deployment Advisory Council. Yes, the Broadband Deployment Advisory Council uh, to basically, you know, you know, have him, you know, 
advise the FCC regarding strategies to promote better, faster, and cheaper broadband. Um, so uh, people have already, you know, left this council because they said it was basically cronyism. Right. That, Wasn't like the mayor of San Francisco on that? Uh, San Jose mayor. San Jose. Okay. Yeah. And he left it has been he's abundantly like, clear that despite the good intentions of several participants, the industry-heavy makeup of the BDAC will simply relegate the body to being a vehicle for advancing the interest of telecommunications industry over those of the public. After nine okay. months of deliberation, negotiation, and discussion, we've made no progress towards a single proposal that will actually further the goal of equitable deployment, broadband deployment. So, you know, this panel was already a little shady. Yeah. But it turns out the chair of the panel... Uh, has now been arrested for fraud. Really? Yes. She convinced two investment firms that the company that she was the CEO of had secured contracts for a high-speed fiber optic system that would generate hundreds of millions of dollars in future revenue. As it turned out, those sales agreements were worthless because the customers had not signed them. Instead, as alleged, <laughs> she had forged counterparty signatures on the contract uh, yeah, as a result of the deception, the investment companies were left with a system that is worth far less than uh, she had them let uh, she had led them to believe. Oh, but I'm on this semi sort of government type panel. I can get away with this. My best friend is the chairman of the FCC. He won't let anything bad happen to me at all. Yeah. So yeah, she she tricked people into pouring money into her invest or into her uh, infrastructure plan that was not actually uh, approved, and now she's been arrested with a uh, charged with wire fraud and faces a maximum sentence of twenty years in prison. You think she'll get it? I don't know, Ooh. but yeah. So now she's no surprise, no longer chair of this committee. Yeah. Oh, do you know that? Oh, fun fact, uh, Ajit Pai might actually be coming to Michigan. I'm sorry? To speak to the Michigan Association of Broadcasters. Aren't you part of that? Uh, yes. <laughs> Are you going to go? Uh, well, I think he's actually speaking at the conference that's being held on Mackinac Island at the Grand Hotel. So, probably not. How come? Because I would have to stay at the Grand Hotel. I mean, you'd have to get to the Grand Hotel. You don't have yes, to stay there. Yes, plus I would have there. to get to the Grand Hotel and then stay there in order Dude. to, what, heckle him during his keynote? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I have a feeling I'd be promptly removed by his private security. He has private security? Oh, yeah, no, because of the uh, the death threats against him because of his net neutrality stance. Oh, yeah. All right. So that's not going to work so well. Nope. It'd be really funny to heckle him during his, his thing, though. Uh, uh, AT&T, Verizon, yes. T-Mobile, and Sprint are all under investigation. I thought it was just AT&T and Verizon. Not according to the other article I was reading. It's all four of the big carriers. About This is about the eSIM thing, right? Yeah, about like the making it easy to change carriers without changing SIM cards. Mm. That they are, um, the, the carriers are intentionally obstructing efforts to make it easier to transition between carriers. Uh, I've got just 18 team Verizon and the GSMA. 
The investigation was opened about five months ago after at least one device maker and one wireless carrier filed former complaints with the Justice Department. I wonder who that carrier could be. Could that be Apple? No, no, the device maker was Apple. Device maker was Apple. Who was the carrier? They don't say. But I have a feeling it's somebody who's trying to get people from either Verizon or AT&T to join their network. Could be. Which I have two two people in mind. (laughs) I have two guesses. Yes. Uh, according to, hang on, I'm looking for where I put the article, because I had it. I swear I had it. I'm not making this up. Yeah, because all I'm reading is that the complaints were filed against AT&T and yeah. Verizon. From CNBC, uh, Justice Department demands info from all four major U.S. wireless carriers in probe of alleged collusion. Updated 19 hours ago. Oh, I'm reading the New York Times article. Well, I'm reading a CNBC article. And CNBC says that the source sent a uh, source said a department, the department sent letters to AT&T, Verizon, T-Mobile and Sprint requesting information. Huh. It's part of the antitrust division. So the uh... Here, earlier, the New York Times reported AT&T and Verizon were being investigated. OK. Investigation was open five months ago. So, yes, from the New York Times, it was just AT&T and Verizon. But now people are saying it's also Sprint and T-Mobile. So. What's going on is the fact that so all the cell phones have SIM cards. And every time, you know, we would change, you'd get a new phone, you'd have to take the SIM card out of the one phone, put it in the other phone, and then it would kind of transfer the phone number with it. That's if you got a new phone. Yes. But if I want a new carrier, I need a new phone. Yes. Which, you know, kind of you kind of don't really much anymore because most of the phones are running off of LTE, which is on the same frequency spectrum. So they can actually you can go from Verizon to AT&T to T-Mobile as long as you're staying on that 4G LTE spectrum mm-hmm. range. But, it's you know, these chips would still, you know, have to be moved. And, you know, the T-Mobile SIM card isn't going to work with the Verizon phone. Right. And so that's They're, they are different sizes. Yes. So the idea is there would be an eSIM programmed into the phone so that, you know, you could easily swap carriers, no problem. Well, according to the probe here is that the AT&T, Verizon, and the GSMA, um, and I guess supposedly Sprint and T-Mobile as well, were colluding to try and stifle this eSIM technology because they wanted to keep people on their networks and, you know, not swap and, well, crap. Yep. So I guess the, the DOJ is in charge of it now, and we'll find out if they are colluding. Mm-hmm. All of this talk about collusion. It's a witch hunt. It's a witch hunt, I tell you. No, it's not a witch hunt, but I would much rather talk about, like, Ajit Pai's collusion with, you know, Sinclair Media and Verizon. Or the fact that the Justice Department just finished up their... Uh... Or no, is the AT&T just brought up their stuff with the Time Warner merger? Yeah. And then uh, I think the DOJ gets to respond now. So we'll hopefully find out by, you know, the end of this month or next month what the outcome is of the AT&T Time Warner merger. Whether it so that is allowed to go through again. Mm-hmm. Whether they allow it to go through. Yeah. They, they won't, right? I don't know. It's up to the federal judge at this point. Please don't let it go through. Please don't let it go through. Please don't let it go through. Yeah, the AT&T and Time Warner just finished making their cases to the uh, judge, and now it's the uh, Justice Department's time to uh, respond. All right, let's uh, let's change gears. Let's go talk about, like, something trippy and new and exciting. Okay. 
contact lenses that change transition from sunglasses to not? That's actually kind con- yeah, no, this is, you know, I've, I tried wearing contacts. I have contacts here yeah. that I could wear. You know, I'm just so used to glasses that it's just so much easier, especially, you know, if I have to get up in the middle of the night. Okay. But yeah, no, they have uh, contact lenses that will automatically darken in the sunlight. I mean, haven't they had sunglasses that do that yeah. forever? Yeah, the transition lenses. So why is this, I, why did it take so long to put these on a contact lens? My guess is that the technology wasn't there. I wonder what changed, like what part of the technology is there now that hadn't been there? I guess a unique additive will automatically, uh, has now been added to the contact lenses, which will automatically darken the lens when they're exposed to bright light. Yeah, I, I get that. Like, that's how it works. But like, what what is the difference? I guess it doesn't matter. It's cool. It's new. It's exciting. Yay. Yes, it has been approved by the FDA. Yay. Go so, FDA. Yep. So for those of you out there who wear contact lenses, you can now get transition lenses that will automatically reduce the brightness during bright days. Rather than, you know, having to have another pair of sunglasses around. Yep. Because who wants to have a pair of glasses and, or I guess, a pair of contact lenses and sunglasses? That's what Laura does. Ah. Yeah, I just have the regular glasses and the sunglasses in my car. Do you have prescription sunglasses, though? Uh, yes. Okay. Which, man, I really, I should get another. I haven't been to the eye doctor in like two years. Do you, do you have trouble seeing things? No, but I should always go in there and check. Plus, um, my glasses are pretty thin and lightweight. Like, literally, there's not even full frames. They're just, you know, lenses and then the side, I don't know what you call them, the ear holders are attached to the lenses and the nose bridge is attached to the lenses as well. So these are, these are pretty damn light. Okay. So, um, Isaac likes to grab things. Ah. So Kate's actually got another pair of glasses that are a bit sturdier. Mm-hmm. Because a certain someone likes to just yank on them. Yes. I see. Uh, what else? Uh, we have a chief of NASA. Yes, it's been finally approved after being nominated seven months ago. Uh, was confirmed on party lines through the Senate, 50 to 49. Okay. Um, why why do the Democrats not like him? Well, um, he is not a uh, space person. Okay. He's a politician. Oh. He's a uh, Republican in the 1st District of Oklahoma. So why is he the head of NASA? I mean, I, I'm glad we have a head of NASA. That, yes, that we've had an interim head filled. of NASA for over 200 and some odd days now. But why? Oh, no, sorry. More than that. It's been 15 months, actually, that we've had yeah, an interim. It's been a year and a half. Yeah. But why this guy? What? What? I mean, the director of NASA, yes, needs to be able to do some politicking, but also should, like, know about rockets. Uh, let's see. Okay. Hooking up his Wikipedia page. Uh, he served on the Committee on Science, Space, and Technology during his time in Congress. Oh, he was born in Ann Arbor, Michigan. Okay. That should not qualify you to be no. director of NASA. Uh, graduate of Rice University with majors in economics, psychology, and business. Has an MBA from Cornell. 
former executive director of the Tulsa Air and Space Museum and Planet Planetarium. Uh, he was a naval aviator in the Navy Reserves. Uh, yeah, he, ser- he sat on the Committee of Armed Services and the Committee on Science, Space, and Technology. Critics drew attention to his lack of formal qualifications in science or engineering. Well, yes. So he, he just got it, is yes. all. He's like, I want to direct NASA. And, and Trump was like, you will be the director of NASA. Well, that, that went from happy news to not quite as happy news. Uh, he's written about the commercial potential of ex, uh, exploiting lunar resources. He wants to sell the moon. Yeah, he's also uh, a strong supporter of the Commercial Space Flight Federation. So maybe good news for SpaceX? Mm-hmm. Bad news for climate change? And NASA? So, yeah, he's he's a supporter of privatizing space exploration. Mm-hmm. So at least we have that going for us. Speaking of SpaceX, mm-hmm. uh, Elon Musk is tweeting again. What's he promising now? Uh, he says, this is going to sound crazy, but SpaceX will try to bring rocket upper stage back from orbital velocity using a giant party balloon. What? He wants to recover second stage rockets now. After, you know, he's already recovered first stage rockets. He's already recovered the uh, fairing housing for the payload. But can you can you reuse the second stage? Like, is he saying literally he wants to be able to reuse the second stage? Uh, no. Uh, Just recover it. Uh, according to the European Space Agency, recovering upper rocket stages isn't all about lowering launch costs. It's about space junk. Okay. So he just wants to bring it back down so it's not out there. Yes. I I support that. I mean, I'd support him if he wanted to reuse it, too, but I don't think you can. No, I feel like that one's a bit more complicated to, <laughs> to reuse. So he just wants to bring it out of orbit so it's not sitting up there getting in the way of everything. Yes. Okay, that's fair. In fact, if we could do that and bring other stuff down with it, too, that would be even better. <laughs> Just put a big net out there, catch other things with it, and then bring it all back? Yeah. I mean, the likelihood of actually catching anything, unless you plan to catch things, is really low. Yes. Because space is big. Yes. Yes, it is. Oh, so we uh, we talked about MoviePass, right? Several times. Talked about how it was like an on-again, off-again thing? Well, um, according to an independent auditor... Yeah. Uh, there is substantial doubt about MoviePass's ability to continue operating. Yeah, that isn't surprising, right? Like, yes, we've we've talked about them in the sense of how can they do that? Well, uh, it's been revealed that the subscription service's parent company lost one hundred and fifty point eight million in twenty seventeen. It's a lot of money. Yep, it's hard to justify. So, if you have MoviePass use it before it goes away they're doing a new plan which is ironic because using it is is the thing like that's what's killing the company right yes is that people they're they're actually uh they're doing two things one 
they're making the nine ninety five monthly plan a subscription to Spotify and four movies a month. Um, and they're also requiring uh, more documentation of your movie tickets before you get before you're allowed to use it again. Say what? Um, you actually have to upload a picture of your ticket stub before you're allowed to use it again. Okay. Were people like trying to scam the system? I'm guessing yes. How would you? I just so I I say. Yeah, I totally went and saw this movie, give me money, and then, like, don't go and see the movie? I thought you had to purchase the tickets through them. My guess is, yes, you have to purchase the tickets through them, but I'm wondering if, you know, people were sharing a single, uh, single, um... Plan? Card, yeah. Uh, Yeah, that would do something. I hadn't really even thought about sharing that sort of thing. I don't know if that's just, like... I'm morally above it, or, like, I don't even know. I also don't know where I was going with that. I, I don't know. It's one of those things where it's like, yeah, you know, if I didn't have a kid, that would make a good idea for doing this, but, yeah. The, uh, I was going to say, the last movie I saw was Ready Player One, but that was that was actually a couple of weeks ago. Um, anything else big that we want to talk AMD is putting out their second-gen Ryzen chips. People are rather excited about that because it's it's showing that like AMD is committed to improving and continuing and actually competing against Intel. On the downside, it's yet another choice to make when deciding to build a computer. Which have the prices for GPUs gone? Uh, they're they're still pretty high, right? Like they're going to be high for a while. Uh, GTX 1080, GeForce GTX 1080 cards. Amazon.com. Yeah, $700 on Amazon. <laughs> for a GTX 1080. Ooh, you can get one with liquid cooling. What the hell are all of these options? I have no idea what these options are. I, I'm so, like, absolutely confused by this. What the... I Okay. Move on, Andy. Take me out of this. Uh, Jeff Bezos, speaking of Amazon, finally announced how many Amazon Prime subscribers they have. How many Amazon Prime subscribers are there? Uh, over a hundred million. This does not surprise me. Doesn't surprise me either. That's worldwide, right? Yeah. Yeah, this is the first time in the 13-year history of Amazon offering Prime membership that the company has actually ever revealed the number of Prime members. That's a lot of people. Yeah. hundred million? hundred million worldwide. That is a lot of people. Yes. Yes, it is. Amazon shipped more than 5 billion items with Prime Worldwide. So yeah, no, 100 million, that's, let's see, $99 a subscriber. That's a, that's a lot of Prime. It is an incredible amount of Prime. It is an incredible amount of free shipping and of people paying subscriptions. Yes. Okay. So yeah, no, that's a, that's a crazy number crazy I, I got nothing to add to it like it's just it's giant number it is not terribly surprising but it's also just dumbfounding um some scientists made bacteria to chow down on plastic yes what's the result like what is the the byproduct of this process basically um it digests it so it turns it back into oil so you could reprocess it 
or maybe even like burn it, refine it. Yeah, I do believe so. It's it's the uh, PET plastic. Uh huh. In case you're wondering exactly what plastic it uh, is uh, working on. But yeah. So they found some um, bacterium in a waste dump in Japan. Um, that uh, let's see, the enzyme looks similar to one involved by many kinds of bacteria to break down cutin, a natural polymer used by plants as a protective layer. After some gentle manipulation, I don't know what gentle manipulation is. We messed around with its genes. Yep. Yeah, because right now PET bottles that are currently recycled can only be turned into fibers for clothing and carpets, but now it can actually break it down to its original materials. Well, cool. So you're talking about using this for, like, the floating plastic garbage, right? Uh, well, you wouldn't be able to be more of just, you know, putting it in current. Because we'd still need to, like, collect all of that together. Yes, which, you know, that's a, that's a bit harder to do. But for future recycling, you can break it down and basically turn it back into... Right, but you wouldn't want to seed this bacteria on the floating piles of garbage. That would just turn them into floating oil slicks. Yes, <laughs> that would not be good. Right. So we still need to collect the garbage, but now we have something we can do with it. Yes. Okay. Uh, last topic, I think, is Amazon Alexa. And Amazon just took another big step of, uh, of, of embracing this as a new path forward. They are allowing you to, not just allowing, they've always allowed you to create your own skills, but now they are providing a mechanism for people who don't know how to program to create their own Alexa skills using something called the Alexa Skill Blueprint. Oh, I was I was expecting this to be a bit more adjustable. Yeah. I mean, it's it's basically some very basic question and response stuff. Yeah. Yeah, enter common question answers. Yeah, this is... Wow, this is very basic stuff. Right, but just think about potential. Yes, no, no, I get I get the potential, but... Wow, right now, yeah, it's very basic. Very basic, yeah. I'm just curious what the current top skills are. Okay, outside the magic door, Jeopardy. You mean overall top skills? Yeah, I'm looking at the top Alexa skills right now. Um. (laughs) Okay, so you have magic door, which is that choose-your-own-adventure sort of thing. Uh, Jeopardy. 20 questions. Song quiz and ask for a fart. Uh huh. Yes, number four on the top Alexa skills is a fart machine. Of course it is. Good job, Amazon. So, yeah. <laughs> okay, I believe it is uh, your random review, sir. We have moved to the reviews. My yes. review. Speaking of simple coding. Hey, almost like I set you up for that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, speaking of simple coding. I am reviewing Grasshopper. Oh, Grasshopper. Oh, Grasshopper. What, what, which grass? They're the drink? No, it's the, the app made by Google to help you learn how to code JavaScript. Don't you know how to code You've taken uh, several programming courses. Yes. JavaScript, I have no idea, though. It makes sense, though, because, you know, coding one thing kind of, you know, teaches you how to code the other stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I know. It starts out, 
Very simple. Uh huh. You know, I, I used a function and then I learned how to use a string. And, you know, I like this app because it will actually remind you um, basically to, you know, when you when you add it, you know, you start using it, it's like, hey, do you want me to remind you every day to use me? Or do you want me, like every other day or every, you know, oh, that's twice nice. a week sort I've, of thing? I've had apps that are like, hey, we haven't seen you in a while. And I'm like, and you're deleted. But this one, you know. You can you can tell it how often you want it to get reminded, or if you don't even want to get reminded at all, you can turn it off. So yeah, no, it's a it's a Google app to teach people how to code JavaScript, and uh, you know I'm in the fundamentals right now, and they've got some stuff for animations, and they've got a little where you can uh, test out, you know, code playground and test out things and. It, it does it present it to you like in the form of a game or yeah. as yeah like yeah no like the, the or... first one was like okay you know here's the first half of a code to make the French flag how do you make the second half of the flag well the second half of the flag is the same as the first line so you just <laughs> you're like okay well we did that well how about this flag okay. oh you know how do I you know how do strings get involved in that. So yes, it's very basic, but you know, does it? How advanced does it build you? Uh, I don't know. I haven't gotten that far yet into it because I, I literally got it earlier this week. Ah. So yes, no, it's a very basic JavaScript coding thing. <laughs> Which, on a complete aside, my assistant, uh, I've been, I do some command line scripting just because you know command lines on all Windows computers, so I don't have to worry about you know installing stuff on there. Mm-hmm. He's like, "Why are you doing it in here?" I'm like, "Well, because it's command line. I can, you know, I can just copy and paste it from one computer to another, and it will still work." Yeah. Tried writing in Python one of my scripts, and it was just getting very complicated. By it, I'm like, "But I've already written the script in command line, and mm-hmm. it works." Just do the command line. Just you know, learn learn how to code in command line. Here's you know. Eh. Here's a web page and it was like CC64 or something like that. I forgot exactly I, what it was. I, I prefer for basic like file manipulation and moving things and setting things, I tend to prefer auto hotkey. For interacting with things, I tend to go with uh, Node.js. I just tell task manager, or not task, a task scheduler to run this batch file when I need it to run. Yeah, that's easy. <laughs> It's, you know, pretty straightforward. Yep. But yeah, no, uh, I would love to, you know, Python, I know how to do some Python, and, you know, I, I, I want to do more stuff there. What I really need to actually learn is SNMP. That's what I really need to learn, actually. Is what? SNMP. SNMP. Simple Network Management Protocol. Oh, oh. Things on the IP network can alert me when they have a problem. Oh. Uh, SNMP? Yes. This is a module that implements version 1 and 2C of the SNMP. Yep, you can do it in Node. Yep, yeah, you can, you can, you know, get variable requests from the device, or you can have the device, you know, send you an alert if variable reaches this, and it's just, you know... I'd love it if, you know, I can get a transmitter to alert me when it goes off the air. Yep. From itself, you know. Where it doesn't need to do anything, it just happens. Yes. 
state i i saw a script at the uh that broadcasting conference i went to a guy actually had a backup transmitter site uh main transmitter site went down sent an alert to his basically his snmp management computer and then he had a script set up to automatically turn on and transfer over to his backup transmitter site and then you know send him an email that it had uh already it was starting and had finished it nice so like the djs don't even know it's all of a sudden you know it's down for one second switched over turned on and we're up and running again automatically and you know he gets an email yep we're on the backup thing there i'll check it you know at business hours the next day be things like that that i would like to do is you know have it automatically do its you know changing and then you know i'll check it tomorrow morning during regular business hours Mm-hmm. well if you go learn how to do javascript and learn a little bit of node.js then you can do that yep and heck hey look at that i've got an application on my phone to teach me javascript amazing wow right so yeah grasshopper made by google to help you learn how to code so pretty straightforward cool all right random topic rolled ahead of time out of three uh that's getting kind of low yes and the number of the counting shall be that and there's where the reference came from (laughs) bringing it full circle What is your favorite thing to do in the summer? What is your favorite thing to do in the summer? Uh, what is your favorite thing, Andy? I would say campfires. Oh. You know, just hanging out by a campfire. Which, you know, technically we could do that in the winter. Mm-hmm. If we want to. I mean, it's cold outside in the winter. Yeah. Yeah. You know, when it's, you know, 70 degrees outside, you get a campfire going, it's nice out. It's nice and relaxing, you know? Maybe you roast some marshmallows. You know? I feel like, uh, yeah, campfires are really nice things to do during the summer. Dave, okay. what do you like doing in the summer? I like going to a certain cabin in Manistee. And spending a weekend or week with friends and people that I'm very close to. And just being able to go off-grid. And, and not off-grid like I have no access to technology, but just I don't need to do anything. Like, the responsibilities outside of that immediate area don't exist. That's all. That's, that's what I like to do. That's my favorite thing in the summer. And yeah, no, I also agree that, which, you know, we also do campfires during that. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's it. <laughs> well, that's pretty straightforward. I try to keep things pretty simple. All right. Well, I guess uh, that's a wrap. This has been another episode of the Random Access Podcast. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, corrections, suggestions, remarks, reviews, rebukes, retorts, or just rants, feel free to contact us. You can find us on Twitter at RAPodcast, or send us an email at mail at RAPodcast 
www.thepowerofprayer.net. Thank you for listening.